Hello everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast. Kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and fix this next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Welcome everyone to today's podcast episode and today I'm joined by somebody that I found out just as we were chatting before the recording started. One, we met about 10 years ago at a breakfast networking event but also actually it's almost a neighbour. You know, uh, If any of you in the US are listening to this he certainly would be close enough to me to be called your neighbour, certainly uh, probably only about 10 miles away so that's almost next door uh, in some countries. But I'm joined today by Tony uh, Leak. Is that the right way of that's pronouncing that, your surname? Yeah. yeah, great. Um, and listeners, Tony designs and delivers bespoke coaching programs that help people to achieve more in life and in business. His philosophy is very simple, and I like simple. And that's getting the thinking right, and everything else takes care of itself. Your thinking drives your actions, and your actions create your success. Tony mostly works one-to-one but on occasionally with groups and most of his clients are business owners or seniors professionals and he's also run large-scale training and coaching programs for corporate clients as well. Outside of work he's a family man, enjoys spending time at home with them. <laughs> now this is something I'm always jealous of when I get guests on that start talking about fitness. He likes to challenge himself listeners with fitness goals and will be completing his second triathlon very soon. So credit to you for that, uh, Tony. Uh, but apart from that, there is nothing he enjoys more. And I loved it when I read this because those of you who obviously listen to this won't know that I've got a guitar in the background behind me. And it's an aspirational guitar. I used to play guitar 30 years ago and I've not played since and it sits there I've got two guitars actually and the reason I've mentioned this listeners is because I don't make that much of a good noise on a guitar and I was so pleased when Tony put here that he enjoys making loud noises with electric guitars and I could probably equal that Tony but mine probably wouldn't be in as good a tune as you because you play in a couple of bands with some good friends and you play local pubs and clubs as well. So Absolutely. you're definitely a pitch above me for the guitar playing. Definitely. Welcome to today's podcast. Well, great. Thank you for inviting me, Simon. It's good to be here. So what kind of music do you play then? If, if you like making loud noises, what, what kind of music is it? Well, left to my own devices, I'm very much a, an, an old school rocker. I listen to Led Zeppelin and Rolling Stones oh, and AC/DC yeah. bands like that. But I, a, a lot of blues and stuff as well. But the, the bands that I'm playing at the moment is very much uh, pub classics. So stuff that people can dance to, um, Killers and, and Blondie, stuff like that. But the, the second band, which is all the same people, we're, we're an Arctic Monkeys tribute band. Um, oh, we call ourselves right. the... Yeah, we call ourselves the Antique Monkeys. We like the Arctic Monkeys, but, but a lot older. Yeah, yeah. Although they're getting um, so, on a bit now as well, aren't they? They've been around for a while now as well, haven't they? Yeah, not as old as us, though. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. That's great. I mean, yeah, it's 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 interesting because, I mean, my width of breadth of music includes some of those you've mentioned, all the way to Andrea Bocelli and 
blues and country are my thing and if you can get blues and country together then that suits me even better but uh, sure. one of my best guitar players i ever saw was a young lad at the time i think he was probably only 15 16 called ainsley lister yeah, uh, and he's a blues singer and guitarist uh, that used to do the sort of club scene and the pubs around Mansfield where I used to live. And uh, yeah, he's gone on to bigger and better things. I don't think it, I wouldn't say he's world renowned, but he's certainly done tours of Europe and, and been around for quite some time now. But uh, absolutely incredible on the guitar. The things he could make that do, it was almost C6 Steve type level of guitar playing. Excellent. Brilliant. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, yeah I know the name, I, I, I couldn't. Um, say I've listened to his music, but I know the name, so he's he's yeah. he's out there, isn't he? Yeah, I I, I always miss in Newark. Um, I think we just had a festival of some sort in Newark where they had some groups playing, but they used to do a blues festival in Newark, um, near where Tony and I live, listeners. And uh, yeah, there used to be a couple of days where people would play blues in the castle grounds, which was great. And then a lot of people would go around the the pubs playing blues music as well done any kind of festivals anything you want to share with listeners that perhaps you've hung on the coattails of fame with at all in anything that you've um, done we years ago i used to play in an in excess tribute band and we right. we played we started that band unfortunately around about the time that michael hutchins the lead singer died yeah. but it it made a massive resurgence in the interest in, in excess and so yeah. we were literally touring the country at the time and we were playing in the same venues as some of the some of the bands for, that I listened to when I was growing up, right. um, so so yeah, not not hitting the big time, but kind of being on the same circuit as yeah. bands that had been in the big time and were kind of um, just just going around having fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, walking the board. But, yeah, yeah played a few good. festivals, but smaller festivals. But we we did I did headline with one band once to um, about twelve hundred people. Yeah. Wow. That's that's yeah. a lot of people to stand up in front of. It is, but what, yeah. you know, it's actually easy to do that and play in front of two people. Yeah, because you don't you don't see the faces at that yeah, what, yeah. at that level. I can understand that. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So, let's get into the into the podcast itself. And tell us a little yeah. bit about what you're drinking today, Tony. And uh, I know you said you normally drink tea, but particularly for this podcast, listeners, he's actually stepped over to the to the light side and he's drinking some coffee. So, tell yeah. us a little bit about the coffee you're drinking today and why. I'm drinking, and I've, I've got the bag here so I can tell you exactly what I'm drinking. Oh, right, drinking that's good. Sainsbury's Single Origin Fair Trade Colombian Decaf, um, 100% Arabic ground coffee, strength of three, which and it describes as being sweet, nutty, and malty. Ooh. And it's pretty nice. Yeah. Um, but I tend, I tend not to drink coffee these days. I do like coffee, but I found a few years ago I've got a, um, an intolerance to milk. It's not an allergy, but an intolerance. Yeah. Um, so I tend to drink soy milk these days, and soy milk and coffee doesn't mix. What I've tried so many different ways, but it always separates, um, and I can't oh. get. I've not been able to get into drinking black coffee, so I tend not to drink. I tend to just drink tea these days. But um, I've I've put some put some regular milk in it these days, and I'm I'm enjoying a, a cup yeah. of coffee here with you, Simon. Right. Perfect. So this is very special, then. Yeah. So that's great. It is absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, so. Yeah, I mentioned when I introduced you that obviously you design and deliver bespoke coaching programs. Um, what is it that you have been working on that has been something that's been the most significant for you in recent times? 
In, oh, that's a really good question. Um, one of the things I've been doing recently, and it's n it's not common to what I do, but I've just been doing quite, um, some um, work with Mind, the mental health charity. Okay, yeah. Um, they, um, and I've got a long history of working with Mind. Um, but what we've been doing recently, they have a lot of um, coaches, resilience coaches, um, yeah. almost life coaches, really. Um, and I've been doing some work coaching the coaches. Um, and currently I'm running a program with the the managers of the coaches helping them to um it's kind of leadership development stuff really yeah, um yeah. and yeah i don't do a lot of that that kind of stuff these days but i really love doing it yeah i, I must admit i mean i you know quite a large part of my business is coaching other coaches and it comes with its own challenges uh dealing with your peers and coaching your peers but actually to me if anybody's listening to this Coaching coaches also comes with the benefit that people understand goal setting, they understand targets and objectives and being held accountable. And in so many ways, it makes it easier uh, as well. But as you imagine, if you're working with the managers of the coaches within the organization, that's almost another separation between the people who are receiving the, the, the core products of the coach as well. It must be quite interesting, but also quite challenging in the way you deliver that. It is very much so. I mean, I did. I've done some leadership training in pretty large corporates, and and it's mm. the, what I've tried to do is bring the same kind of thing into into a charity, but it's a, it's a very different challenge because they don't have the same budgets to put on the same levels of trainings. Um, they they don't have the time to dedicate it in the, the way that the, the corporates can do. So yeah, it's. The challenges are very similar and the, the content is very similar, but actually the, the challenges that go with it are quite different. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've, we've gone through very interesting and challenging times, you know, as a, as a global set of people um, over the last two to two and a half years as we record this. Are you seeing more of a need for leadership and more of a need for the services of charities like mine. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I know of mind and you know supported them in the past myself as well. Um, yeah. Purely from a donation point of view, but uh, is there is there more of a need for leadership and more of a need for those those services of the charity as well? Yeah, it's a really interesting thing, and I have to be careful here, Tom, because it gets very political in one way. Mm. Now, um, I do a lot of work with people um, struggling with anxiety. That's that's how I got into being a coach because I, okay. I had to leave my corporate career because I was struggling with anxiety and panic attacks. So my route has been, I trained in stress management and as a hypnotherapist specialising in um, in anxiety. Then I got into NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, which I'm sure you've come across. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, probably 50% of my work these days is still helping people with anxiety. And I've been, and when I first started out, I wanted to get experience. I thought, how do I get experience quickly in helping people with mental health issues? I'd, I'd got training, but where's my real world experience? Mm. So I went down to Mind and said, "Can I be a volunteer coach?" And and they said yes. Um, and I said, "Okay, so give me the people who nobody else seems to be able to help, and and let me let me let me try and help those people." And so I was cutting my teeth at the very um, the very sharp end, if you like. Now, at that time, our local mind employed about seven people. Yeah. These days, I don't know exactly, but it's more like 70 or 80. Um, really? 
the reason why a lot of that has changed, and this is where it gets a little bit political, is that a lot of um, their funding now comes from the the CCGs, the the, the people who um, control the money for the mental yeah. health. For, uh, sorry, for the NHS. So the NHS um, fund a lot of courses in places like mine and mm, other charities. Yeah, yeah. So it's changed the landscape within the, the charities massively. Yeah. And so they are now they not small charities anymore. They they're now dealing with um, often multi million pound budgets, which is being provided by other people. And so yeah. they they they're businesses as much as they're charities these days. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And yeah. I should imagine when you said, give me the people other people can't help, they must have thought this guy is completely nuts anyway, because, you know, nobody, I should imagine, walks in there and says, give me your worst cases, you know, and let me see if I can cut my teeth on them, you know, the hardest ones. So that must have been quite a quite a revelation for them. Yeah, and it was really interesting because I was I was dealing with people who had some very, very severe um severe challenges and some of them i was able to help and being honest some of them i wasn't able to help but yeah. actually even some of the ones that i wasn't being that i wasn't directly able to help just giving them one-to-one -one time was good for them because they there's a lot of people who kind of slip through the nets of the mental health system and were, were not getting support from anywhere else so actually just giving them some time is a is is a valuable thing on its own yeah so what kind of differences have you seen this this work that you've been doing recently and certainly how things have evolved recently what kind of difference has that made to you and to your business um probably not that much to my business really because i'm i'm not seeing the um i'm not seeing the end clients at mine these days i'm seeing people who yep. are coaching them so I'm, I'm i'm very much out of um out of touch with who their clients are really but as i said this is not really the, the key of what i'm doing these days they they asked me to do this because i've got the the long history of working with them um so it's 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 stuff that i enjoy doing and if there was infinite hours in the day i would probably do more of yeah but it's but so so i suppose that leads on to the next question of you work with business owners and senior professionals and obviously as you mentioned run much larger scale programs. How has that landscape changed and those formats changed in recent times and how has it come out at the other the other side of all the chaos we've had? Okay. The 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 larger scale training, again, I'm not really doing a lot of it these days. Just before lockdown, I was really focusing my my business in that area. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of key clients that I was doing um, a lot of work with. We're running big leadership programs like um, year-long programs for senior managers in large okay. corporations and then suddenly um, lockdown came and the rug was pulled from under me because all of the people that I was that I was working with were not in the office anymore no. um, and sudden and and also their priorities have changed because um, they now need to reinvent the way that they do business to keep their business alive then so the kind of training that I was doing was it wasn't top priority anymore yeah. Um, we did try to do um, a couple of sessions over Zoom. Um, it didn't work. Um, I don't know if it worked for them. It certainly didn't work for me. And I said, yeah. I, I, I can't do this kind of training. I need to be in the room with people to, to do this kind of work. So we moved on to doing one-to-one -one coaching with the, with the managers instead. Right. And, and, and there is talk that we might do some in the, in the room stuff again, but, but actually um, a lot of the time it's, it's 
working with people one-on-one is better anyway you get a more personal resort for people yeah and you've got more connection as we'll just talk about with the charity you've got more connection to the results and the outcomes in that process as well haven't you yeah um absolutely and it is a part it's a part of my business that i really enjoy doing it's not a part that i'm actively developing Uh, most of my work is with um um smes really rather rather than the big corporate these days Good um, and and it's got there's advantages and disadvantages both ways, but it's an area that I, I enjoy working. Yeah, yeah. So so it sounds you've got quite a width and the breadth of you know access to you through the charity work, through the corporate stuff, but that SME type stuff as well. Where do the listeners go to find out uh, a little bit more about you and see you know if there's anything there that fits with them, or if they just want to find out more about you? You know, where would people go? Um, the place to go is, my, first of all, my website, which is tonyleak.com, T-O-N-Y-L-E-A-K-E, leak.com. Um, and on LinkedIn, I don't actually know what the address is because LinkedIn addresses are quite weird, but there's not yeah. many Tony Leak, so I'm quite easy to find on there. And we need to make um, sure we put the E on the end of leak as well. So. L-E-A-K-E, yeah. Um, yeah, carry on. Yeah, no, no, what I was going to say is it's almost, I think, listeners, if you remember it as leaky, then you won't go far wrong. So leak would be on the end. That'll find it there. Yeah. That would work. So you're preparing, it sounds like, for a second triathlon. You've talked a bit about leadership uh, and coaching and training. So is is that something that ties in with some of the things that you work on in yourself with discipline because uh, triathlon sounds like a lot of hard work to me um and a lot of discipline and a lot of routines um just give us a little bit of an insight in into that and anything you want to share from that side of it okay let me just put this slightly into perspective simon mm, this is please a- this is a sprint triathlon, which okay. um, to, to a lot of people is a baby triathlon. What it actually involves it's, is... It's, Tony, it says triathlon. You don't need to do anything more to me. That's, that's just it and, for me. <laughs> you know what? Um, this is something that a lot of the, the serious triathletes, they use these sprint events as warm-up events for the big ah. stuff. But for me, this, this is a big challenge to me. Um, yeah. It's bigger than I first thought it would be. Um, right. But I, I, it all comes back to... Um, I started running. Um, I started running when I was 49 years old. Um, yeah. And I spent the last, since I left school, I'd spent all of that time telling myself I couldn't run. And I mm-hmm. absolutely believed that with every ounce of my being. Um, I tried to get myself to be able to run. I'd used all the the kind of standard motivation stuff. I'm doing it with my kids so that, because I was an older parent, so I want to have the energy to be there when my, when my kids get sure. older. Um, none of it worked, Simon. And it got to the stage where I was 49 years old and I could not walk upstairs without getting out of breath and I thought something needs to change. Um, and I, I started trying to run and I just couldn't motivate myself to do it. And this was not um, round about the same time I'd been self-employed for a couple of years at this point and I, I was not making as much as progress as fast as I wanted to. Mm. And I went to a seminar which was all about mental toughness and that kind of clicked with me. And I thought, that's what this is about, both in business and about running. It's not, it's not about the running. It's about the mental toughness to get out of bed 
and run when it's raining, when it's snowing, to run when it hurts, to run when my muscles tell me that they want to stop, when I'm yeah. gasping for breath, to be able to run through that. So I, I, that became my code word, mental toughness. And yeah. um, that's what got me out of bed in the morning, that it was, I, I was not only developing the mental toughness to run, I was developing the mental toughness that I knew I needed in, a, in order to grow my business. So... I'd wake up at six o'clock and it'd be snowing outside because I was training in the winter. Mm. And I'd, I don't want to get out of bed and go and run in. And I'd just say to myself, mental toughness. And it clicked me into gear and I'd get out of bed. And um, one day after my 50th birthday, I ran 5K for the first time, which was my which was my goal. Yeah, that's that's incredible. And I think that resonates with me so much because, you know, mornings are not a good routine for me. And you know, I'll happily do exercise at the end of the day, but I struggle in the morning. And that's and it's not when I'm at my best in the evening. It certainly is the morning. And so mental toughness, I think, is a great thing for all of us to, to take away. And it's interesting you say about the age because, you know, I had, uh, I, I, like you, thought I could never, I was a very good sprinter because I was built uh, quite tall and quite leggy when I was young. But uh, I also told myself I could never run. And I had a, a hip replaced when I turned 50. It's not what I expected when I turned 50 years old. Yeah. But by the end of my 50th year, I'd hit what my target was when I was 40. And that was to be 50 at 50 than I was at 40. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't because of exercise. It's literally because I'd had the hip replaced. And I did my first 5K for actually a podcast guest uh, called Ken. Uh, I joined him on his 365th day of running 5K every day for, five, for 365 days. And I joined him with a group of other people doing it online. Uh, and that was the first time I'd, I'd ever done 5K. And uh, and I can completely agree. It was nothing to do with the fitness. It was to do with the mindset and the mental toughness. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. The fitness Absolutely. didn't let me down at all. But the yep. head I struggled with all the way around. <laughs> Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so well done. Yeah, and, and well done to you, second triathlon. So I, I think that's, to me, that shows the tenacity because doing it once is okay. Doing it twice, I always think, is exceptional because you know what it was like last time, don't you? Yeah. So you, when you put yourself through it, like with marathons, you know what it's going to be like because you've yeah. already done it. The first time I always think is that little bit different and almost a little bit easier. Some people might listen in, to this might disagree, but uh, yeah, good on you for doing it a second time. I thought it was going to be easier the second time, but actually it hasn't been. It's been just as tough as the first one. Yeah, yeah, and I hear that very often, very often. <laughs> so so we know where to go to find you. We know to go to the, to the website and to connect with you on LinkedIn. If you were to give the listeners a tip or a lesson that they can take away from today's podcast, something they can do something with, what would you like the listeners to take in value from today? Okay, thank you for that question, Simon. It's something you said earlier made me smile. You said you like working with coaches because they know about goal setting and all that kind of stuff. For the first too many years in my business, I didn't set business goals. And um, it kind of, I, looking back on it, I don't know why I didn't because I set goals in my personal life. But when I sat down and I, I went to lots of networking meetings where they talk about spend time working on your business, not just in your business. I'm sure you use that phrase. Yeah. And and I used, and I walk around like a mantra, like everybody else, and yeah, work on your business, not just in your business. Um, but I didn't do it. 
And when I started doing that, when I started putting half a day a week in my diary to work on my business, and I wrote down, and it's on the board beside me here, what my company mission is, what my personal mission is, what my values are, my vision, what my part in all that are, and having written goals out here, it changed things. It changed things almost overnight. Um, so if, if anyone who hasn't got written mission vision statements and goals then then my my advice is do it and if you if you don't know how to do it then talk to simon or talk to a business coach because they'll be able yeah. to help you do that kind of stuff and i think the the important thing tony as well for anybody that's listening to this is yeah you've mentioned you've got it up on the walls yeah it's doing it in a simple way that is in front of you you know yeah. too many people create business plans and business goals for perhaps finance they create this wieldy document about 60 pages long they put yeah. it in a filing cabinet tray and then they they forget it and five years later they think oh that's what we said we were going to do why didn't we do it yeah it's it's doing it simple and keeping it in front of us so i love the way you've got it up on the wall beside you i've got mine on the wall in front of me as well um, yeah. so it, you know, it's very important to keep front of mind isn't it it is because otherwise what happens is if someone says oh, what what's your what's your vision for your business and people say oh hold on i'll just look it up you yeah. it doesn't work it needs to be internalized doesn't it and, and having yeah. it written on the board I, I read it from time to time just to keep it internalized yeah i think one one of the best services that my coach did for me some years ago when i was in business he gave me Vern harnish's book the rockefeller habits to read right okay. and and in there Vern has a one-page plan which has your values, your mission. It's a it's a complicated plan. Listeners, if you go and take a look at it, it's not an easy plan. Don't expect a one-page plan to be easy, but it's a great resource, and it has all those ingredients that Tony's just mentioned there as well, so so important. If somebody says to you or is listening to this and thinking, it, oh, I keep all mine in my head, what would you say to people that perhaps say that? reply to that um yeah try <laughs> that's a great question i'd say try writing it down see what difference it makes because one of the differences <laughs> that it made for me was um i was if you ask me what my vision was for my business where did i want it to be in five years time i'd give you a long rambling story about and i'd go off on lots and lots of different tangents yeah. and and that's how it was represented inside my head so when opportunities presenting themselves like they do i'd go chasing stuff like headless chickens but what what it getting it down on paper being able to see it it enabled me to understand it in a way that i didn't understand before um it, it really solidified what is it that i that i want out of this business and, and once i know once you know what it is that you want then you're in a lot better place to go and create it yeah yeah and and if words don't mean anything to you listeners use pictures use images you know, yeah absolutely get it get it in whatever format you know even if you uh, i was talking to somebody a short while ago and they didn't do words or images so literally they read it out to camera like we're talking to now and then they have it as a video and they listen to the video once twice a month to remind themselves what their visions are you know find a way that suits you like a bit like the training mental toughness find a way that fits with you absolutely yeah there is no one way is the simon so and there's so much technology stuff out there like you say you can record videos there's lots of um lots of vision board apps that you can get for your phone and your, your tablets and um they're they're all good different ways work for different people yeah, yeah. so i'm going to ask you a personal question now then because you've got them at the side of you 
if you were going to share one of your goals with the listeners, um, yes. and obviously in confidence, just with us, uh, yeah. if, you were gonna, if you're going to share one of those goals, what would be a goal that you'd like to share with a listener that you've got up there? It might be for this year, it might be for longer term. Yeah, if you were to give us an example of a good goal that you set, what would it be? Well, at the moment, I have one goal that I'm working towards, Ooh, but it's, right. it's, it's a very big encompassing goal that is, is more, in some ways, it's more of a vision, which is a vision of where, where I need my business to be in order to take the, the next step. So I call it my, my, referral, um, my referral machine. Because yeah. my, my business mostly works by referral. But then one day a business coach said to me, what's your referral strategy? And I went, <laughs> I don't know. I don't particularly <laughs> have one. Yeah. And so this, this was kind of all about how do I generate referrals? And so I've got this, um, I've got this massive mind map of, of how my whole – I don't like using the word funnel because it has negative connotations yeah. from people. But that's kind of what it is all of the different ways that I interact with people and take them through lots of different processes. And some become clients and some don't, and that's, that's okay. That's the way yeah, things yeah. are. But the, my goal is to create this, um, this self-referring machine, basically. And it maybe doesn't mean that much to other people, but I know exactly what that is. It's all mapped out on paper. It's mapped out in flow charts of, of yeah. how it all works. Um, and, and I'm not going to share the details because it, it does, it does include lots of, um, lots of absolutes like what that involves how many clients um to be working with at yeah. one time um yeah. how how long those clients will stay with me um how many referrals to generate yeah. from each client so it, there's lots of there's lots of figures in there as well yeah but i, th I think you're sharing with the listeners something very important there and, I, and i'm glad i asked a question now because having a goal is one thing but having a goal needs two other things it needs activity and it needs measures to make sure that you're heading towards it, don't you? So everything you've just talked about there are those two things. You know, having a big goal, but with no activity of how you're going to get there is worthless. Or Absolutely. near enough worthless. I wouldn't say completely worthless, but it's near enough worthless. Also, yeah. you need the metrics to make sure you're staying on track. Just like I'm sure with your training with a triathlon, you need to make yeah. sure you're making progress and keeping on track, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And um, if I say I want to generate, um, I use webinars as a way to, to interact with people. Mm. And if I say I want to get um, 100 sets of eyes per week or per month, whatever, on my webinar, um, then that then that's part of the goal. But then we get down to the strategies of how, how am I actually going to do that? Yeah. And, and as I'm sure you know, having one strategy is not enough you need lots of different strategies. What are the many different strategies I can use to, um, to get, get people to put eyes on my webinar? Um, yeah. And then how do you measure all of that and which ones work, which ones do you spend more time on? So Yeah, and I think the other thing I would share with listeners as well, sometimes if your strategy is wrong, that doesn't mean because you don't achieve what you want to achieve that the goal is wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes people try a strategy that doesn't work they don't achieve their goal. And instead of trying a different strategy, as you've just talked about, or trying multiple strategies, they bin off the goal. And then they get so disappointed and disillusioned because they lose that direction, don't they? Absolutely, yes. So when, when a goal doesn't work, well, when, when the strategy you're using doesn't work, um, 
that doesn't mean you failed. It means you've got feedback that what you've done didn't yeah. work, so you need to try something else. In NLP, we have these things that are called the, the principles or the p- pillars of NLP, and most of them it, on the surface are laughably simple, but there's actually a lot of wisdom in there, and one yeah. of them is just simply, if what you're doing isn't working, try something else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, you, you think about all the inventions, you know, you think about all the medical advances, you think about, you know, I always use electricity. If these people, listeners, had have just given it one go and it didn't work and they said, oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to work on penicillin. I'm not going to work on electric, you know. Yeah. yeah just where would we be in this world if people just did that? Absolutely. I don't know if you've ever read James Dyson's book. The, the guy I haven't, the no. It's absolutely fascinating, and and you can find lots of traces of it online. The guy came up with an idea of of what he wanted to create, and he he made five thousand prototypes until he got one that worked. Yeah, most most people would give up after three or four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And totally. Maybe that's what it takes to get to his level. And I, I would I ever do five thousand? I have no idea. But most people won't get to that level, will they? No, no, definitely not. And I, I can definitely assure you. Yeah, 5,000 is beyond my uh, resilience, that is for sure. Yeah. So final question then, Tony, and you've given us uh, so much to take away, so I really do appreciate that. And you've mentioned, obviously, the book by James Dyson there, but if you were going to have your next coffee uh, or tea, because obviously tea is the main drink, if you're going to have that next tea and you've got one of your favourite books from the bookshelf behind you, because trust me, listeners... Uh, you know, Tony has quite a few books on the bookshelf behind him. What would that book be? Oh, that's an, it's such a great question. And it's it would change all of the time depending on where my focus was at the time. Okay. Um, my my fav, One of my favourite books ever is a book called Change Your Questions, Change Your Life um, uh-huh. by Marilee Adams. It's a really good book for coaches. Um, and it talks yeah. about how questions work but there's a book that i've read recently um called the 12 week year i can't um can't remember who it's written by but it's a fantastic book um and i've been the i think the author of that book i'd really love to have a a conversation with yeah 12 week year great yeah well anna who does a great job of the show notes will make sure she does her research finds that and gets that in the show notes so uh, listeners you can find out who that is and the one before that was change your change your questions change your life by Marilee yeah. what a great title in itself it is and you know uh, you know i mentioned at the beginning you know, i have my little post-it note here where i'm always looking for titles of the podcast because that title is the hook that creates yeah. that intrigue for people to lean in and yeah great title Absolutely. definitely and a great book i can remember reading it some years ago but uh, it's been a long while so i'm going to revisit that one again and uh, cool. 12 week year is the other one. Yeah. Well, you've given us so much value. Is there anything else that you'd like to to share in any way with the listeners before we wrap this one up today? Um, can I do a two minute plug? Yeah, of course you can. Okay, thank you. Um, I ran some training a little while ago. It was online training around mindset, which is basically that's what I do. I'm a mindset coach. I help people with their mindset. Yeah. Um, I did a 40-minute webinar, which is all about why. Why is it important to know about your mindset? Yep. And along with that, I created some training. It's a self-paced training course, um, which I, I gave away to people free of charge. I got incredible feedback from it. 
95% of people who came to the webinar stayed to the end, which I'm told is, is really good, good figure. Yeah, yeah. And um, about 60% of people signed up for the course afterwards, and I've had great feedback from it. Um, I would, there's, I'm not doing any more live versions of that at the moment, but there is a an on-demand version of that webinar. If any of your listeners would like to access that, I can provide you with a link of, of how they can get to it. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we can definitely make sure and I would heartily recommend that listeners reach out to you through the website or through LinkedIn and mention that you heard it on this podcast. And uh, yeah, you can send them the link. That would be great. And yeah, getting our mindset right, you know, right at the beginning, I said they get the thinking right and everything else takes care of itself. That's what you put in your bio. And I think that's a great way to end the podcast as well. Right. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Simon. And listeners, leave us a review. Tell us what difference it's made to you. Tell us what mental toughness you have going off in your business, in your life at the moment, and what kind of difference that's making to you. And just let us know that you've reached out to Tony and that you've signed up for that uh, that course and got that link. So, uh, yeah, heartily recommend that. And who knows, we might... Any of us that are local to workshop, etc., might see Tony playing some rock music uh, in in a local pub or club somewhere as well, and that would be great to uh, to see that. And it's the Antique Monkeys. Very good. Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah, well, that's again, that's another great title, isn't it? So, uh, as always, listeners, I look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you.